Good morning, Red Sea. A third consecutive victory Monday for the Arizona Cardinals as they come out with the 31-19 victory in Week 3 over the Jacksonville Jaguars. My name is Felipe Corral Jr. I'm your host on another episode of the Morning Scramble presented by Verizon Wireless. And this is my favorite part of the show because I get to introduce this talented cast, panel, however you want to name it. I'm Felipe Corral Jr. Once again, your host, the great Jody Jackson, Cardinals insider, Craig Grillo, and ex-Arizona Cardinals offensive lineman, Rolando Cantu. Guys, before we get into the nit and grit, the analysis, the top plays, let's hear from Coach because, once again, he has a couple of game balls to give away. And it might surprise you that it's not Kyler Murray, it's not DeAndre Hopkins, it's not Chandler Jones even. So let's hear from Coach. Coach, talk to us. That's about as big of adversity as you can face going into halftime. You came out, you played up the second half, and made it never in doubt. All right? That's two weeks in a row you handled adversity. It's just going to make us better, make us stronger as a team. We got to keep working, though. So much to clean up. We can be as good as we want to be. All right? Game balls. Today, with two INTs, it's first. Oh, Wideouts go over 100 yards with seven for 104. Christian Kirk. AJ Green. Hey, gang on three. One, two, three. Well, you heard it from Coach and guys once again a 31 to 19 victory in week, in week three over the Jacksonville Jaguars. And there's a lot of, to unpack here, right? A slow start ended up in a dominating victory. But if there's a way to sum up how the Cardinals ended, it's by Rolando Cantu's prop today, guys. It is the morning scramble. That means a scrambled breakfast, right, Rolando? Uh, let's not call this a prop. This is a victory taco <laughs> Monday, brother. Here we go. We got some weenies and some scrambled oh eggs. Gosh. I topped it off, Jody, Craig, and Felipe with uh, chili arbol sauce, with, uh, olive oil base. And I put some ketchup there on the side for Craig because hey, he might need to take some, some heat off. But, guys, this is what I like. Vic this is what we call it now, Felipe. Victory Monday breakfast. When are we, go when are we doing this show in person again? <laughs> hey, you, you guys don't want to come over, so let me know. We can pop it. You know, we can probably do it here in my studio or something. But, guys, I love Victory Mondays. I love what the team did in Jacksonville. And to be honest with you, um, you know, this vibe that we're getting, overcoming obstacles and overcoming adversity on the road, I'm, I'm really liking it. Craig, uh, we, got, we had a question from one of our followers on Twitter. Of course, this is live on the Arizona Cardinals Twitter page. And someone asked, should the team be concerned with the slow starts or more optimistic about the way they overcome adversity? I guess, first off, Felipe, you need to define slow starts. Are we talking about what happened on Sunday or the rest of the season? Because week one, they were up 10 nothing on Tennessee. That's not a slow start. So if it's just one game, Jacksonville, then Sunday, yeah, I was concerned. Because seven points in the first half, I was not expecting that. I anticipated this team to come out and punch the Jaguars in the mouth, get off to a good start, a good lead, and then maybe dial it back, and it was just the reverse. So I think they made it a little bit more interesting than they needed to be. But at the end of the day, as long as you come away with one more point than your opponent, this team's 3-0. Can't complain about that. One of, I believe, five or six teams that are left undefeated 
in the NFL, of course, that NFC West division, them and the Rams are the only ones undefeated uh, in that regard. But Jody, talking about optimism, what did give you confidence uh, after the game ended on Sunday? Well, I know, I know everyone was having a bit of a heart attack, you know, being down 19 to 10 that late in the game. Look, I think this Cardinals team is a second half team. And while that, you know, you might not like that, but it's better than the alternative, which is an example the Seattle Seahawks were up 17 to seven and they ended up losing that game. So I'd rather uh, be following a team that can mount a comeback in that second half. Um, this was a Jaguars team that was gaining confidence throughout this game. And, you know, I think we all agree Byron Murphy's pick six was really the thing that turned it around. And then I, I think they needed that insurance touchdown, though. So 24 to 19 wasn't good enough. I think that was still a little bit of dangerous territory. And then they piled on. So, yeah, offensively, I think first half was about 150 yards. Second half was 250 defense. I was pretty pleased with everything on defense, except for the run D giving up uh yardage and getting gashed there in the third quarter but otherwise I, I thought the defense played really well so there's a lot to be encouraged about here you, you know no passing touchdowns in this game and yet you did have big performances from Christian Kirk and AJ Green they both went over 100 yards and so you were able to win without DeAndre Hopkins being the guy and I think we're just going to continue to see that they overcame some huge mistakes um, we all know about the kick six at halftime which gave everyone uh <laughs> You know, yeah. nightmares there, even flashbacks to the Super Bowl, Super Bowl 43, but, you know, totally different situation there. And I think I think the biggest thing is both Cliff Kingsbury and Kyler Murray said after the game, they feel they wouldn't have won this game in the last two seasons. And it just tells you how the current players have matured, how the veteran players that have come in have solidified a bit of a calming effect and a, and a hey, we're not we're down, but we're not out. So, Felipe, I was encouraged by a lot of things yesterday. Jody, you're a total vet. You actually touched on my next point. You know, the, the Cardinals last year, obviously, in week three, lost to the Lions at home. And this week, they took care of business. There's a, there's a theme going on, right? Teams 3-0 the first time since 2015 and the fifth time since the 1970 merger. 3-0 in a tight, in a competitive division, Rolando. And they've been able to win without explosive performances from guys like DeAndre Hopkins, Chandler Jones in the last two weeks, even J.J. Watt to an extent. What does it say about the team that uh, despite not having, you know, those explosive performances from those type of guys in the last two weeks, they still come out with victories? Well, it tells you that uh, the roster was uh, tended to in the offseason. The, the talent level that was brought in, I think, is, is kudos to uh, Steve Kime and all his group because these guys are producing and they're buying into it, guys. I mean, it's okay if D-Hop doesn't have the 100-yard game because somebody else is going to step in, right? It doesn't really matter if one week you come out and you only produce 60 yards of, of running game, even though I would want to see a little bit more. But then you come out and you score two touchdowns uh, by James Conner. Those things are, are is, is what gets you in the mix. And one point that, that Jody talked about that I want to emphasize here, second-half adjustments have been excellent, guys. 17 points in Jacksonville. I mean, you know, you you, you just come out um, to the locker room. That 109-yard return is kind of devastating, to be honest with you. Everybody feels bad because, you know, people are going to talk about the decision. Why even do it? Just go to the locker room, adjust. You had the ball in the, in the second half. All those things, right? So it, it really does come out to where I think at, at the end of the day, Felipe, these guys want to be here and they want to produce. And, and I see – this team actually moving forward every single week, 
somebody steps in, somebody does it on the defensive side. And we're going to talk about all these guys because, you know, here in the morning scramble, we all pick different different players that had great games and stuff like that. But um, I think it's it's the merger. It's it's actually these guys working since summer and having that time to kind of just mesh together and, and produce what we're seeing on the field. Yeah, I think you're definitely starting to see this team come together, all sorts of guys contributing, and it certainly gives you uh, an, a, type, a type of optimism moving forward as, as you look down the schedule and you have all the tough opponents. We talk, we'll talk about the Rams uh, towards the end of the show. But how about we get into our favorite moment of the game? There is a couple of key plays. They might not have been, you know, top plays on ESPN's top 10 plays or, or whatnot, but they were still impactful. Jody, what you got? Yeah, mine's kind of one of those that, you know, you wouldn't pick as maybe even, you know, your top five or something like that. But I think the Cardinals needed this play at the time. Um, again, looking to get another score. And it was on third and eight, third and nine. Uh, I don't know exactly what the yardage was, but, um, and they didn't convert. Cardinals did not convert a third down all day, except for this particular one. And you see Kyler going back and just launching this ball and AJ Green, um, you know, the term used on the telecast was boxing out. You know, it almost looked like he was just looking for the ball at that point. You thought, okay, did, did Kyler underthrow him or what is going on in this play? But, uh, Hey, it worked. It was 36 yards. And then they're at the 15 yard line and, and setting up that final score, which I think made everyone feel a little bit better about the way it was going to end. And so look, this is a team that, um, and Rolando, to your point, I think everybody wants to see them run the ball. It was good to see Connor getting in the end zone a couple of times. And, and he had a couple of nice runs in this game, but you know, this is a league again, where you look at the elite teams and it's, it's about the chunk plays that get you down there. And then right. it's about converting touchdowns instead of field goals. And when you look at the top teams, like the bucks and the Rams, I mean, it, it is about who can create, um, who can not only create, but just execute in those, in those plays and on those plays. And that's why you have AJ Green, Rondell Moore, Christian Kirk and DeAndre Hopkins. It's clear that this is how this offense has to operate. And so that play was uh, a perfect example of it, I thought. So what about you, Craig? What about uh, your jam this morning? A play that you felt was pretty key. I'm going to go with how that drive that you just brought up finished. James Conner one-yard touchdown run, and I think it shows the evolution of this offense here in year three because, one, Kyler Murray's under center. Two, you give it to a running back who runs straight ahead. The quickest way to get from point A to point B is straight ahead. Nothing fancy. Great blocking by DJ Humphreys and Darrell Daniels, sealing both the outside and the inside, allowing Connor to go straight ahead. So I like that because sometimes you just need to pound the ball between the tackles. I'd like to see it on third and one. We didn't in the first half, but when you needed to get into the end zone and a little bit more comfortable feeling at that point in the ball game, hey, there's nothing wrong with running between the tackles because, Rolando, you know those offensive linemen would much rather run block than pass protect. Of course, and kudos to... The guys who stepped in, Harlow and Garcia did a phenomenal job. You couldn't really even tell, you know, that there was a drop off there or even like, oh, you know what? We're in trouble because the backups are in there. I, I think with them coming in, it, it kind of gave them a little bit more uh, confidence in the style they were running the ball because they started running a little bit better out, to be honest with you. They were more determined to do the right thing. And I think at the end of the day, with the play of James Conner, you know, rushing in one yard just became 
like, okay, we can do this, guys. Let's start. Let's start doing what we know how to do. And and to be honest with you, DJ Humphreys, whenever he gets determined and puts his hand on the ground, and just goes at the down block. I mean, there's there's not very many guys that can actually uh, hold on to to the ground there. So yeah, I love that play. But for me, guys, to be honest with you, we were down in the third quarter. Third quarter was about to, to go out, and uh, there was pressure on Trevor Lawrence as a third down. J.J. Watt was in his face. Others were there, too. And he just kind of lobs it, gives it a little bit more time in there on that ball towards the left side. And Byron Murphy picks that ball, runs it right back for a pick six. And that just kind of settled everybody. I know it settled us in the broadcast booth because it, it was an emotional game to call, right? But, uh, yeah, I think Byron Murphy just – that was a second pick. So once you see a young guy kind of and, – and there was pressure for Byron, right? Because, hey, who's going to step in? There, no Pat P and all this, uh, you know, news about, hey, who is really going to do their job back there? And I think Byron Murphy had a breakout game. I really liked the way he he intercepted that ball, took it back, and just kind of sealed the deal and, and gave Kyler Murray in the offense a little bit more cushion, right? Like, hey, we're working. You guys get to work and let's seal the deal and let's go home. So that was my jam. Rolando, there was definitely a couple of plays in yesterday's game where if they don't convert on that third, on that third down, if they don't convert on that specific fourth down, if they don't make that pick six, things could have got, gone the other way and gotten out of control on the road. And that's one of my favorite plays, that Kirk fourth down conversion. They were down 13 to seven at that point. They needed some type of points on the board. It, uh, unfortunately, it didn't end in a touchdown, but it did end in a Matt Crater field goal. So anytime you can get points on the board and prevent the, the rival from you know, gaining momentum or, or whatnot, so things won't get out of hand. That's always a, a plus for the Arizona Cardinals. And honestly, Kirk, when you need him most, he came up clutch. I mean, if you remember week two, that 19-yard grab on second and like 20 or whatnot, and that ended in a Kyler Murray 12-yard touchdown. Uh, yesterday, it ended in a field goal. In week one, that Willie Mays catch that really sealed the deal. So I feel like he's becoming, I wouldn't say Kyler Murray's favorite target because obviously he has D-hop in that regard, but he's becoming a trustworthy target for Kyler Murray, especially when you need him, uh, when you need him most. And I know uh, Jody, you'll talk about Christian Kirk a little bit more. And Craig, you'll wrap it up. You'll wrap this whole show up with Christian. So there's a lot to be said about his performance throughout these first three weeks. So without further ado, let's head over to our Rise and Shine, who balled out, who raised some eyebrows, who made you confident in the team coming out the victory in week three over the Jacksonville Jaguars. Jody, again, Christian Kirk, what can you say about it? Yeah, I mean, I had a couple of thoughts on this, right? And um, I think one of you guys is going to single out um, a veteran linebacker who I thought was a great choice as well in this game. Didn't want to, you know, and uh, there's just a lot of unsung guys. And Rolando, I'm glad you mentioned those O-linemen that stepped in, Sean Harlow and Max Garcia. That was big. But yeah, I'm going to go with Christian Kirk because, again, even though Connor was the one that got into the end zone along with Kyler Murray and Byron Murphy, of course, um, Kirk and, and AJ Green had big games receiving wise. And I, I picked Kirk because to your point, Felipe, you know, he's becoming a consistent threat. And that's the thing that we were wondering last few years. And he has been banged up. He's had injuries that have taken time away from him in this league. But I think this year, everyone in the NFL is going to be able to see Christian Kirk as a legitimate threat game in and game out. He's one of many weapons, but you're right. He and Kyler, they have that connection going back to college 
And um, I almost, you know, unfortunately the pick was part of that trust. I mean, Kyler sort of just trusts Christian, I think so much. He found him in the middle of uh, three defenders and unfortunately it was picked off, but for the most part, it is a good thing. The fact that these guys um, have that chemistry, they trust each other. And I'd love to see Christian Kirk healthy and out there balling out. Like you said, I mean, uh, this is a great sign for the Cardinals and there are a lot of players to choose from, but I'm giving my rise and shine player to Christian Kirk. Uh, let's go to Craig now. Who are you going with? Well, I'm going to go with the player that we've talked about a couple of different times here on Morning Scramble. But for me, it's Byron Murphy. And let's go back to what defensive coordinator Vance Joseph said in the offseason. He was asked about the depth at the cornerback position. And he said, without hesitation, it starts with Murphy. And what he told us in the offseason, we're now seeing here in the regular season. Three passes defensed in week one, and then on Sunday in Jacksonville, two interceptions, including a pick six. And that second interception, if you listen to Murphy on the postgame show with Paul Calvisi on the Arizona Cardinals radio network, they brought up the fact that on that flea flicker in week one, Murphy got burned. He was not going to allow that to happen a second time. So learning from your mistakes so you don't repeat those mistakes. And also a tip of the cap to Jordan Hicks for separating the ball from Jacob Hollister on that first interception. But for me overall, when this team needed a spark and a defensive player to step to get a stop and then ultimately get a touchdown, Byron Murphy, I think, is taking huge strides this season to be a number one cornerback, which is what this team wanted when they drafted him in the second round a couple of years back. So for me, it's Byron Murphy. What about you, Orlando? My rise and shine is tough. Like Jody said, when everybody produces and everybody's doing plays and even, even the unsung heroes, guys, I mean, let's, you know, JJ's doing his thing. Chandler's also doing his thing. But I have to go with a guy that, has, that we've been wanting to see him perform on the field, A.J. Green. Six targets. I mean, this guy went five for six for 112 yards, just really produced that that play that Jody described earlier on the show where he was just boxing out people in the middle of the field. That's tough. Not a lot of people can do that. It, it takes a lot of confidence from the player and from the quarterback to actually chunk you that ball because hey, nobody's going to risk it. This guy is a big guy, big frame, long dude. He can go up there and, and compete vertically. And I think we just, we just touched on A.J., AJ will become one of those guys where, hey, if if D Hop is is taking control of one side of the field because the defenses are so worried what he can do, this guy is going to do it. And Kurt and everybody else is going to is going to jump in the mix. I really like and enjoy that a, ver- a veteran presence came in in the offseason, and people were like really questioning, like, oh my god, does this guy have it? Is he for real? Is is he going to really take over maybe the Larry spot? And well, we we know he can do it. So I'm very happy for him. I think he. He's going to just grow and eventually become somebody that's going to be up there in the 90-yard, 100-plus category uh, in yards every single game. And I hope that, you know, this upcoming game, which will touch base towards the end of this show, really is a breakout game for him. Rolando, I I just want to mention, too, when you said he'll grow, he was very honest. I think it was last week. um, I was in the media room. He was speaking to the media and He said, you know, yeah, this is new for me with Kyler Murray. Andy Dalton didn't, you know, everything was on schedule. You know, there wasn't this, you know, scrambling aspect. And uh, so it is new for him. You know, it's been almost a decade there and then here. So I think we are just scratching the surface. Great great pick on that one. Thank you, Greg. I I know we talked a little bit about DeAndre Hopkins, um, but 
Yeah, it's good that Christian Kirk and AJ Green and that wide receiver group keeps producing. But as you look down in the calendar and you you have tough games against the Rams, the Packers, the Cowboys, the list goes on, the Browns. How important will it be for Cliff Kingsbury to find ways to give DeAndre Hopkins the ball consistently throughout the game? I wonder first just how hurts, how much pain Hopkins was in on Sunday with those rib injuries. We knew for a fact, I mean, I could almost guarantee that he was going to play despite missing practice. I just wonder just, you know, how, how much those ribs affected his play. But this is now back-to-back weeks. It's kind of it's a good problem to have, but when you have a number one wide receiver, he's making a lot of money. He has to be involved, and this is two games in a row in which he's not been a part outside of the first quarter last week against the Vikings. So, in any way possible, if you're a number one wide receiver, just throw him the ball. You can get open, and we know the catch radius that Hopkins has. If it's in his vicinity, he's going to get it, or no one's going to get it. So they need to either scheme it. Or just not force it because you do have other weapons. But at the same time, for this team to move forward and not just win ball games, but get into the postseason, make a deep run, you need that legitimate number one wide receiver. They have him. They just haven't utilized him in the past two weeks. All right, guys. Before we move on to bringing home the bacon, again, that's going to be Craig. Let's talk about Jordan Hicks. That's my player of the game. That's my rise and shine. It's always good to see him produce. Obviously, we know what happened in the offseason. So for him to come out and take that leadership role uh, that he's taken on and helping out the young guys and producing the way he's been producing, I mean, 12 total tackles, he uh, one forced fumble, and he topped that game off with a force, with a sack, obviously, that caused the forced fumble. So just to see him produce, it's always good, right? He's one of the, the best leaders in that locker room. And that's what I wanted to touch on, Rolando. What does it mean to have someone of his caliber in that locker room? We know they have a young linebacker group in Zayvon Collins, Zayvon Collins and Isaiah Simmons. So what does it mean to have Jordan Hicks there? He's a tough-minded, smart dude, to be honest with you. I, I mean, you see Jordan around the facility and you see him, how he handled everything in the offseason training camp. It was tough. I mean, we're right there, all four of us. Uh, on the sideline, we're talking about this, like, hey, you know what, what's going on with Jordan? He was in there. He was doing everything possible for the team. And you see it, that last sack force fumble, Felipe, made a statement. Like, And he turned around and looked at at, this, at our sideline, kind of like saying, hey, this is what I can do for you. This is what I got, guys. So I'm very happy that he is willing, because that's, that's a big word right there. Not a lot of people in this business, as professional athletes, are willing to pass the reins. He's willing to do it, and he's been public about it, right? And we know that Zayvon Collins will be in the mix, and and he's coming along. He is coming along. So, um, yeah, I was very, very excited for him. He's a proven veteran, which I think he's he's definitely doing his part on this team to to move forward, man. And that that last sack was was incredible to watch on the road. You know, they started off bad. They were they did get you know in trouble there in the third quarter when Robinson was running against them, but. At the end of the day, they turn on the switch, and that's what gets you, you know, a victory on, on Sundays. By the way, by the way, Philip, let me just go to you, Greg. To this one thing, because we always talk about the offseason moves and the improvements that this that the front office made with the roster. The best move, perhaps, at least through three games that this team made, was the one they didn't make. And that was getting rid of either releasing or trading Jordan Hicks. I'd hate to know where this team was defensively without 58 yeah. on the football field here for the first three games of the season. 
and you can't ignore his experience, right? Super Bowl champ. If this um, team meets expectations and they're in playoff contention and they're one of the top contenders and then in the NFL towards the end of the season, it's going to be pivotal to have 58 Jordan Hicks on the field in your locker room to you know calm everyone down if anyone gets too high. So it's always going to see Jordan Hicks produce. But now, as we get towards the end of the show, let's bring home the bacon. And Craig, you have an interesting point to make, right? Well, no props here. I, I, I don't have any food for everyone here, but I'm going to give a shout out to Scottsdale Saguaro and head football coach Jason Mons off the top here. It didn't work out for them on Friday losing to rival Chaparral, but then two days later, they got to see two of their alums, Christian Kirk and Byron Murphy, really play well on offense and defense respectively. And when you talk about bringing home the bacon, Felipe, Christian Kirk is doing that here Yes, through three games, but he is in a contract year. And what he has done, I went back while Rolando's sitting there cooking in the morning. I actually did some research (laughs) this morning and looked at the best single game performances of Cardinals pass catchers through three games. Christian Kirk has three of the top eight performances. And I just think that right now, one, he's in a very good spot mentally, as he brought up last week. And then where he is on the football field, they're keeping him inside in the slot. And that's where he has had his success, whether that was in high school, college, and now in the pros. I like what Christian Kirk is doing. He's got to stay healthy. But the consistency now in three straight games, Kyler Murray is finding Christian Kirk. That chemistry is working well. Kirk is going to get paid. We just don't know by whom, hopefully, is with the Arizona Cardinals. But I like what Christian Kirk has done, literally, bringing home the bacon come next offseason. He had the highest pro football focus wide receiver grade in week three. He is averaging 14.1 yards per catch, which is third in the NFL, not just the NFC, not just in the NFC West, in the NFL. So he's definitely producing and he's, like you mentioned, he's in a good state mentally. and He's finally in a natural position. I had a chance to talk to him, which that interview's in the air later this week, but that's what he said. You know, he's finally back in a natural position in that slot wide receiver role and he's making the most out of it. I mean, who who doesn't want to get paid, right? Like if I'm, if someone's gonna offer me a couple million dollars, you know, I'm gonna ball out. I'm going to fall out. So that's it for bringing home the bacon. Let's look forward to next week's matchup. Ooh, this is a juicing one, y'all, right? Two teams that are 3-0, the Los Angeles Rams. You saw how they performed against the ex, no, the Super Bowl champs last year, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, winning 34-24. to The Cardinals are 3-0, two teams that are undefeated in that NFC West. Jody, any quick thoughts? What what do you expect from that? What do you hope to yeah. see and what do you expect to see? Well, it's a great challenge. And one of the things that stands out to me, um, I mean, look, when you think about these teams and offense does always just, it's that shiny object, right? You grab onto it first, even though, of course, Aaron Donald over there, you've got J.J. Watt Chandler Jones over here. And there, there's a lot to talk about on defense, but offensively you look at this Rams team they were very talented before they've had a lot of success against the Cardinals before they even went to a Super Bowl before uh and now they have Matt Stafford and Matthew Stafford has made even that much more difference he's a veteran he threw some ridiculous balls yesterday he's got a Cooper Cup looking like the best receiver in the league I even saw Deshaun Jackson surface yesterday I mean they have so many weapons that have to be accounted for and you know 
Craig, you talked about Byron Murphy. This is going to be a big challenge for not only Byron, but everyone in that secondary. We're going to learn a lot about what they can do against all these weapons of the St. Louis Rams and then uh, or Los Angeles Rams. Wow. Flashback there. But uh, those are my quick thoughts. I won't go into every aspect. So you guys will touch on some of those other things. Um, you know, obviously beating McVay 0 and 8 against Sean McVay, you know, that's hanging out there. I'm sure even though Cliff and Sean are friends and they talk and things like that, you know, you want to beat your, your buddy, right? You want to get that victory. So uh, there's a lot on the line, two, three and O teams uh, Rams beating the bucks means that a lot of people are going to think they're the best team in the league, by the way. I, I mean, I, when I caught up to that game, I, I, Brady had a great drive. Okay. I saw Brady have a terrific drive in the, I think it was the third quarter, but then, you know, I just watched, I went back and watched earlier and then I watched the fourth quarter. They harassed him enough and they pressured enough and they covered enough where, you know, they weren't able to respond every single time where Stafford and his guys just, they were, they were able to respond pretty much every time. So Felipe, those are, it's going to be great. It's going to be great to watch this game from uh, Los Angeles. Greg, what don't you want to see from the Arizona Cardinals on Sunday that will give them a better chance to win? I want to see a, a competitive game. These matchups against the Rams, regardless of who the head coach has been, just have not been competitive outside of last year's Week 17 uh, game in Los Angeles. So it's another challenge, as Jody said. It's another measuring stick. How do you measure up against the best in your division and the best in the NFC? But the matchup that I'm really looking forward to, and there's a little bit of a concern because what happens now at left guard, at right guard with the injuries to Justin Pugh and Justin Murray, what happens in that interior? You've got Rodney Hudson, but Aaron Donald scares me, and he should scare everyone because he's that good but he can wreck you in an instant. And as good as this offense is, Kyler Murray and those weapons will do nothing if those five offensive linemen, including those guys in the interior, keep Aaron Donald out of the backfield. So for me, I don't want to see Aaron Donald in the backfield at all come Sunday at SoFi Stadium, but that's me. Orlando, there's always those statement games, right? You look at your calendar and I'm assuming if you're a quarterback or a wide receiver, anyone on that field, you circle a specific matchup. And for me personally, I feel like Kyler Murray should be circling this specific game because history shows that he struggled against this uh, Rams defensive, defensive front. What does he need to do differently this Sunday that he's done in these first three weeks? We know he's been dominating, but he does have he does need to tweak some things. What do you hope to see from Kyler Murray against the Rams? Well, guys, there will be no bigger storyline in this game, to be honest with you. This is going to be, you know, I everybody's going to be watching this game. What Kyler needs to do, in my point of view, I think you you have to analyze what you did not do and not uh, execute in your last games against the Rams, right? <laughs> Craig hit it right there. There's a, there's a dangerous man in front of you, and if Harlow's there and the Max Garcia's there, you know, you just have to take it the way it is, and Rodney Hudson has to, you know, bump and kind of make sure these guys stay within their role. But uh, I really want to see Kyler Murray get rid of ball quick. If this becomes a scramble game, these guys remember something, guys. Every time we've lost to the Rams in the last couple of years has been a dogfight. The physical part of the game, we come out with an incredible list of people injured, you know, tweaked during the, during the staff room. Um, and we have to make sure that this game be, does not go that route. And by Kyler actually just 
playing the way he's been doing and kind of releasing the ball a little bit quicker and, and, and making sure that the playmakers are there. I would want to see D hop there because, you know, D hop and Ramsey have a history, right? These guys go at it viciously. And, and for the most part, you know, I, I think D hop has got them in, in the past, but if D hop is there and is ready to go, you have to involve your biggest playmakers. And I think Deandre Hopkins brings that aspect to of the offense. Let's be honest with you guys. The Rams team is a way better team with Matthew Stafford at the helm. I mean, th these guys now have that vertical threat. <laughs> Jody hit it. Jackson is back. I mean, this dude's like 35 years old and he's, he's like just ageless. He's, he's, just... he's walking back, moonwalking into the end zone, <laughs> back flipping. I mean, all these things. And, and that's something that this offense really missed. So the Rams offense, right? So it's going to be a challenge defensively. I think JJ Chandler Jones know, know exactly what's in front of them. And it's one of those weeks where the focus needs to be there, even in the meal plan that you're taking into your body, because it, it's going to demand all efforts on everybody's front. Um, and I think it, it's going to be a great game. Orlando, before we close the show, I know last time in week one, you took a big bite what? out of your, out of your victory. Oh, I've been saving these for AJ Green, man. He's my rise and shine player. <laughs> that ketchup, that's blood. Uh, that's blood uh, from... <laughs> That, that's going to be blood from Aaron Donald, guys. So, uh, yeah. Man, these, <laughs> I'll I, tell you what. I need the recipe for that sauce. It the looks sauce, so good. I, I will give it to you. Oh, my this gosh. Is, um, this is something hey, we do. Orlando, take Whenever we're 3-0 in the Cantu family, we do these tacos at celebration. <laughs> there you go, guys. You don't want to miss a Sunday matchup kickoff at 105. There's on Cardinals visit uh, the Los Angeles Rams and what many anticipate to be, again, a dog fight. So don't forget to catch us the day after here on the Morning Scramble presented by Verizon. Every day, every Monday, live at 10 a.m. Catch myself, Jody Jackson, Craig Grillo, Rolando Cantu, and hopefully next week he brings in another breakfast sandwich, breakfast dish. Oh, you better believe yeah. it. I'm already prepping it right now. Victory I got tacos. I gotta, yeah, victory tacos. We got to switch it up, Jody. We got to switch it up. So, so it'll be victory something else, but that's oh, okay. For, for the Rams, is going to be like a, I don't know, Ram stack. Like maybe it could be a Ram. Maybe I do a Ram. Maybe I do a smoke <laughs> Ram. Some Ram, some uh, record a lamb or Rams or something, right? Well, hopefully we get some ramen on Monday, some, ta <laughs> some tacos, some tortas and whatnot. But that'll be it for us. Don't forget to follow us on our social platforms at AZ Cardinals. We'll catch you guys next week.